This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. It's The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Uh, I really always enjoy talking with uh, Ben Burgess because he is um, maybe one of the most intellectually honest commentators out there. He has no problem uh, calling out people that he agrees with politically for unorthodox and incoherent behavior. And I think if everybody on all sides of the political spectrum did that a a bit more often, uh, we'd be in a much better place as a country. He's also, uh, he's a podcast host and the author of Canceling Comedians While the World Burns, a critique of the contemporary left. Ben, thanks so much for joining me on the radio. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Frank. So, Ben, um, the title of your book, uh, you know, the subtitle, Critique of the Contemporary Left, a lot of folks yep. may assume that you're a uh, dyed-in-the-wool right-winger donating to Republican politicians, <laughs> uh, storming the Capitol on January 6th. Are you a right-wing guy? I'm not at all a right-wing guy. I'm a columnist for, for Jackman Magazine, which is a left-wing magazine. I just heard you talk about the death penalty. I'm very much against that. I think we should have a much more humane uh, prison system even. And, uh, and you know, if, if I had my way— you know, we would have, you know, we would have Medicare for all, we would have universal pre-K, we'd have, you know, I think a much more, you know, humane society, but that doesn't, you know, the reason that I criticize people on the left isn't because I disagree with any of those goals. It's because I think that oftentimes I see people on the left doing things that I don't think advance those goals. So um, what exactly is the left uh, doing wrong, the contemporary left? What's, what's, what are they doing that you have an issue with? Sure. So I think that, um, you know, the, the title of that book, you know, uh, Canceling Comedians or the World Birds, you know, I was kind of trying to go for the most extreme example I could of a, of a kind of something that's, that's just silly, that's like, uh, that makes people look like overgrown hall monitors, you know, when, uh, when people 
uh, go after that example, uh, you know, comedians because of some joke they tell, you know, which is uh, which is problematic, uh, which I think is is just kind of a distraction from any actual sources of power in our society. But I also think, you know, that um, you know, in I, I think that there are some people, you know, on the left who get so sort of consumed with trying to go after people who, you know, we might disagree with, who, uh, you know, who who might, you know, maybe even say things that are genuinely offensive or bad, you know, that I think I think people can lose sight of the fact that, you know, free speech, you know, should be an important uh, an important left wing value. You know, I see some people, for example, sort of cheering on. Uh, you know, corporate censorship from social media platforms. And I don't think that makes sense from a, from a left perspective. Give me some other examples of um, an instance where the left has gone after someone where you think that hinders the cause of uh, a free speech. Yeah. I mean, so, so for example, like a couple months ago, you know, there was, there were people who were pushing to um, for Spotify to censor Joe Rogan because of uh, comments that you know he's made about COVID and other subjects, uh, and and I think that that's a I think that's a huge mistake. Not because I don't have a problem with anything that he's ever said, you know, but I think that um, you know, but because I think it's short sighted, you know, I think that it's wrong on principle and it's short sighted. I think that you know if you think about it, because if you want a platform like Spotify. Uh, that, uh, or, you know, Twitter or any of these, you know, that are owned by giant corporations that have every incentive to stay on the right side of the national security state, that have every incentive to oppose any kind of left program that would mean the giant corporations were paying more tax money to pay for social programs. Uh, you know, you want them to have more sort of censorship power. I think that's ultimately going to be very bad for us. I mean, like a very simple example of that would be, Imagine if in 2002, during the you know lead up to the Iraq War, if Spotify had existed then and podcasts had existed then, uh, and it had like really strict policies against misinformation, like some people were advocating for Rogan on Spotify. Who do you think would have been booted for misinformation? People who said there mm. really were weapons of mass destruction in right. Iraq or people who said that right. was a lie? Now, that's a great example. Uh, we're talking with Ben Burgess. He is the host of the uh, Give Them an Argument podcast and uh, the author of Canceling Comedians While the World Burns, a critique of the contemporary left. What, one of the areas that people on the right uh, point to as a particularly well, egregious instance of um, suppression of free speech mm-hmm is Twitter's handling of the New York Post story on Hunter Mm -hmm. Biden. They would not allow that uh, to be spread. What about something like that? Uh, Would you have have been okay with uh, allowing the New York Post editor to share that article on Twitter and on social media in general? Yeah, absolutely. I I, I think it's – I actually think it's an incredibly disturbing precedent that – that a real news story, you know, was, uh, was, was blocked in that way, you know, kind of at the behest of, uh, you know, of, uh, of a powerful, you know, of a powerful person. And I can actually understand, I, I actually think it's like somebody who's a conservative or a libertarian said they were fine with Twitter doing that. I could understand because they could say, well, that's a private company that could do whatever mm-hmm. they want. But I think, I think that people on the left correctly understand that private companies could exercise a lot of power that, and that that's something that we should 
worry about. We shouldn't just say it's a private company, so whatever, there's nothing to see here. What about the suspension by Twitter and Facebook of Donald Trump? Is that something that you have an issue with? Yeah, I mean, I, I have concerns about that, too. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, I don't like Donald Trump. I think that the... Um, I think that he was lying about the uh, the about uh, you know the election that uh, that he lost, and I do think he's at least morally responsible for inciting people about that. But uh, yeah, I think that when this corporation sort of flexes this power that like oh we could even stop a sitting president of the United States from communicating with people, yeah, that's a that's a precedent that worries me. I can imagine you know I can imagine circumstances under which like uh, you know President Bernie Sanders you know, ran afoul of the social media companies. I wouldn't like that either. How about something like a vaccine misinformation? That became a big issue where people were seeing their social media accounts suspended for putting out uh, inaccurate information about COVID or about COVID vaccines. Where do you come down on that one? Yeah. I mean, again, I, I, you know, I have, you know, I've got all three jabs. I've got my booster. I, I have. I think I would encourage everybody to get vaccinated. Uh, I think that the you know, like the stuff that people are objected to when they talk about COVID misinformation, I think is often real misinformation. But uh, I worry about making like Twitter, for example, the arbiter of truth uh, because again, I don't I don't trust them to to make the right calls. You know that the. Uh, every political argument is to some extent an argument about facts. It's never just right. about values. You know, we, we talked about the weapons of mass destruction example or even like even something as mundane as when people argue about, you know, you were talking about the death penalty earlier, whether the death penalty really deters crime or not. That's an argument about facts. You know, whether raising the minimum wage would lead to job loss or not, that's an argument about facts. You know, if some uh, you know, some workers at Amazon warehouse allege some horrible abusive labor practice, you know, that Right. Amazon uh, says it never happened. Who's to say if it did or not? Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, and and I don't trust um a few sort of billionaire tech CEOs to to make the right decision about that. And I, I think I'm willing to make the trade that, you know, sometimes people will say things that are false and might be really damaging, but I think that we're all still better off with more expansive free speech protections. I I certainly agree with uh, everything that you said. What about something that's a real uh, hot-button issue, a real third rail? About two years ago, Facebook came out, and I think some of the other social media companies followed suit, and they said they were going to prohibit any uh, posts on social media that uh, trafficked in Holocaust denial. Mm. If I wanted to put something on social media that um, provide, you know, uh, that put out evidence, you know, quote unquote Mm -hmm. evidence that the Holocaust never happened, which we all know is not true. Would you be okay with me doing that? Yeah. I mean, I think that again, uh, the the issue is not like whether the substance of the view is, is good or bad. I mean, anybody said the Holocaust didn't happen. I think it's, is disgusting, but um, but do we, you know, do we think that it's a good idea uh, to, you know, to have uh, to have the uh, the you know social media companies uh, be making these determinations? Also, keep in mind with an example like that that you know it's not like when they institute policies like this. It's not like there's some human being who's going to spend like an hour looking at any post that's flagged as violating the policy and deciding whether or not 
uh, it was, you know, it was a good flag. Uh, you know, mo- most of the stuff is going to be done by algorithms. Oftentimes, it's pretty mindless, so they have uh, they have the algorithms have a hard time telling what's even a real example versus like people will get uh, their videos taken down off mm. YouTube when they're debunking right. uh, COVID misinformation because they're using some of the right words, you know. And so, I mean, again, do, do I, you know, would I be happier if, you know, like no uh, Holocaust denial, you know, propaganda was being put out? Sure. But I think the question is, like, do we do we think it's worth it for having what's often going to be really heavy-handed censorship sure. that might have other consequences down the line? Uh, talking with Ben Burgess. All right, uh, Ben, i got to save you here because uh, for people that have just heard the last 10 to 15 minutes of our discussion, they're writing letters to both the RNC and the Libertarian Party to nominate you as their presidential candidate in 2024. And uh, we know you don't want that to happen, to be nominated by the Republicans as, as a presidential candidate. So um, tell us, what does the right do that suppresses yeah. free speech and uh, the free flow of information is the right guilty of, of the same kind of conduct absolutely i think the right is guilty of the uh, the same kind of conduct so not only would people you know i mean i don't i don't think i'm going to beat trump and desantis for that nomination for that nomination <laughs> but uh you know not only because you know i support uh I support Medicare for all and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But also because I think that the uh, I, I absolutely don't think that the right is serious about free speech. So I mean, just a couple of really quick examples. I think that if you look at um, I just mentioned Ron DeSantis, if you look at the the bill that is sometimes called don't don't say gay that was just passed in uh, in Florida or similarly, when you look at bills that are allegedly targeted uh, critical race theory, uh, that have been introduced to different state legislatures uh, around uh, around the country. They're often very vague. Uh, I think that any teacher who knew what was good for them and wanted to keep their job, who's in a state where something like this passed, would be very worried about certain very broad topics that you know you don't want to discuss those in your classrooms because you don't think that you know you don't want somebody accusing you of doing uh, critical race theory or saying something that would touch on gender identity or sexual orientation in the uh, in the Florida example. And I think that, you know, I think that really shuts down critical thought that, you know, that you want a school system where people expose all sorts of ideas and, you know, they discuss them in the classroom and people could uh, people could make up their own uh, their own mind. Uh, I would also point out just on a really general level, if you when you think about the right and the free speech, look, when people are worried about getting punished for their speech, I mean, anything beyond just like having their Twitter account suspended in the United States, what are they really worried about? They're not worried about going to jail. I mean, like we live in a very unequal society. It's not very democratic in certain ways, but it's enough of a democracy. Nobody's worried about going to jail. What they're worried about is that, that they're going to get fired from their job. Well, uh, if you know, if they say something that the boss doesn't like, well, if you're really concerned about that, if you take that seriously as a free speech issue, then you should be wildly pro-labor union. You should want every worker mm. to be a member of a union because when you're a member of a union – you actually have some due process uh, if you're uh, if you're going to get fired. You have a contract that says things about what you can and can't be fired for. There's an organization, the union, that can help represent you in that process. In fact, if it doesn't represent you, you can file suit against them uh, for failure to uh, uh, for failure to represent. And it seems to me that when I look at the you know Republicans right now. 
uh, they seem to be very, very concerned to uh, to undermine labor unions. If you you know if you look, for example, at the kinds of people that Donald Trump appointed to the National Labor Relations Board, uh, if you look at so-called right-to-work laws that have been passed in various states, you know I think that if you want a society where people feel free to speak their mind and they're not going to get worried about being fired, I think all that stuff's the opposite of what you want. Uh, Talking with Ben Burgess, he is the author of Canceling Comedians While the World Burns, a critique of the contemporary left. Hey, uh, you've been uh, pretty critical of James O'Keefe. James O'Keefe lives in our area. He's with Project Veritas, uh, sort of a um, self-described video muckraker. He he regularly listens to the show, might be listening right now. What's the matter with James O'Keefe? What's he doing wrong from your perspective? Yeah, well, I mean, that issue that I just talked about, I have an article about out in uh, Jacobin uh, Magazine about this. People could uh, could look up. It's called James O'Keefe uh, Doesn't Care About Free Speech. And it makes exactly this point with regard to a series of videos that O'Keefe did about the uh, New Jersey uh, Teachers Union, the main one, the New Jersey Education Association, uh, where they, you know, they seem to be very upset about, you know, how – uh, they'd send hidden cameras into the New Jersey Teachers Union Convention, and some of it was just sort of minor bad behavior of the kind that you're going to find among any large group of people at a convention. I guarantee you that at CPAC or the RNC, you know, you'll find some people swearing or using casual, you know, or you know, uh, engaged in casual drug use at the convention, and so they found some of that. But also, uh, a lot of it seemed to be about teachers expressing these uncensored, very raw views about then New Jersey Governor Chris Christie. And uh, and it seemed like they were actually upset about the fact that uh, the New Jersey teachers unions being there allowed uh, allowed you know teachers to be less worried about uh, being fired and you know a little bit more willing to uh, to speak their mind. Again, I think that if you know that if they were genuinely in favor of free speech, uh, I think they would be. They would have the opposite priorities in many ways. I think they would be. Uh, I think they would be sending hidden cameras into meetings where Starbucks managers are plotting out union busted strategy. Uh, just about out of time here, Ben. Two two final quick questions. One, um, I'm guessing Biden is not your first choice for 2024. Who is your first choice? Uh, <laughs> that is, yeah. Well, you're you're correct that Biden is not my first choice. I'm I'm worried that that could that could be a catastrophe, as I think anybody who's paid attention to. Uh, poll numbers is right now. Obviously, in 2020, my candidate was Bernie Sanders. I I doubt he's going to run again, which is a shame. I'm a huge fan. But if uh, if not, an interesting alternative might be John Fetterman if he wins his race against Dr. Oz. Okay, uh, John Fetterman. That's the first time I've heard that. And then lastly, uh, tell me how you view the situation in Ukraine um, when their conflict with Russia, namely the United States involvement. I know a lot of progressives were a little upset that uh, Bernie Sanders, who once published a recording of himself reading Eugene of Eugene Debs speech into the uh, congressional record. He voted, as did Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Rashida Tlaib, Cory Bush and Jamal Bowen for $40 billion in military and financial aid for Ukraine. How do you view the Ukraine situation generally and that vote specifically? Yeah, I actually have an article in Current Affairs magazine about this. It's called Congressional Progressives Need to Do Better on Foreign Policy, but that doesn't mean Republicans or Doves, where I argue that the people who Republicans, who some people hold up as being better on this, like you know Josh Howley, really aren't. Uh, but that said, I, I am very critical of that vote that you're talking about. I think that that's a lot of money going to the military-industrial complex that could be going towards healthcare 
and education. And I'm also very worried about U.S. involvement in general in, uh, in the war in Ukraine because it's an incredibly dangerous situation. I mean, it's a war that involves the world's other major uh, nuclear power and uh, – this this could be this could be an absolute disaster, and so when I see these headlines, uh, like U.S. intelligence, you know, this is a, these were both in the New York Times. You know, U.S. intelligence sources brag about uh, helping to sink a Russian ship, helping to kill Russian generals. Uh, I'm very worried about that, right? You know, because because I think that's I think that's really playing with fire. I think that I think that what Putin did in the Ukraine, you know, is currently doing in Ukraine is is disgusting, but I still think. That uh, we'd be much better off mm. uh, with if if Biden and other Western leaders were trying ben, to engage in some kind of peace negotiations, so ben, we can we, all step back from the brig. We have to leave it there. Uh, people could check out the "Give Them an Argument" podcast or the book "Canceling Comedians While the World Burns." Ben Burgess. Hopefully, we could talk again soon. Ben, I like that. Thank you. Uh, if you want to comment on any portion of our discussion, eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Straight ahead. The other side of midnight. midnight.